Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you magnificent mammals, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm Little Leah. (laughs) And waiting for like some sort of weird response from me right now is Carla Wainwright. Hey, everyone. How's it going, Leah? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Anytime that we get to record together, it's fantastic, especially when we just have a batshit crazy topic like we do today. Yep. We do have to have a bit of a disclaimer. <laughs> we are doing, we're diving down the rabbit hole of I Was Today Years Old, the Discovery Channel. Originally, this was titled Animal Sex, and I was like, we cannot call this show Animal Sex. So let me just read to you Carla's original introduction. <laughs> We may need to start with a clarification on today's episode. This is not an episode about how to have sex with animals. (laughs) But instead, it's some weird and amazing facts from the animal kingdom about biology and reproduction. And then obviously that's when the like, you know, the Bloodhound Gang song popped into my head about the Discovery Channel, the bad touch. And so I was like, why don't we just call it the Discovery Channel? So it's a much better title. Thank you, Leah. And I'm sure the audience thanks you too. (laughs) Join us for animal sex. (laughs) So some of what we're going to share with you just goes to show how remarkable and incredible evolution really is and likely not the sort of things you watched on the Discovery Channel when you were a kid. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, you know, there were very strict TV rules in my house growing up, and uh, we were hardly allowed to watch any TV. But one of the things we were allowed to watch, and I, <laughs> I don't think you were allowed to, you were probably watching this, this might have been on still, but uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild. Oh, Kingdom. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that was on like, like before or after Disney on Sunday nights or something like that. Yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe then, well, David Attenborough, that's a whole lot later. But I do remember whenever there were like animals mating uh, and you're watching that with your parents and you're a kid, I was like, oh my God. I don't know. I was, I was an eighties kid. I was the v- VHS, uh, you know, generation where we'd sit there and watch like full tits and violence with our parents. It was the wild West. So it was, yeah, that's what made that. it awkward. If I saw a couple of lions humping, I'd be like, <laughs> it was, it wasn't awkward the same way, you know, I do remember, though, because I did, my grandparents, they were farmers. And when I was first born, my first five years of life, we lived out in the middle of nowhere. And, like, they had a farm. And I remember it was either the horse trying to hump the cow or vice versa. And I remember (laughs) being like, look, it's giving him a hug. (laughs) That's the advantage of growing up on a farm. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it's remarkable. Well, maybe it's not remarkable. But I think about now what I'll watch with my kids and Oh God, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. And but the yeah. stories that you tell me too, like when you how you just try to like mortify them even worse when know, you're watching well, these things together. I live for that. That's one of the reasons you have children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you are not harassing your children, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Says the gotta give them something to go to therapy person. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you kick it off and let's okay. let's horrify our listeners? Yes. All right. So our first um, crazy fact is that uh, male alligators have permanent erections. (laughs) (laughs) Walking around with a big stiffy all the time. Pretty much. 
So penises vary wildly across the animal kingdom, but the universal theme is that the organ changes size and shape um, or during the act of mating, and that reverts to its usual configuration afterwards. But that is not the case with alligators. So males are endowed with a permanently erect penis. It's layered with numerous coats of stiff protein, the stiff protein collagen, and it lurks inside their cloaca. Uh, that's the chamber that contains the digestive and reproductive organs, the cochlea. Um, no. <laughs> and then it bursts out suddenly like a baby alien from uh, John Hurt's stomach in Alien. And the six inch long penis of an alligator isn't averted or turned outwards um, by muscles, but by rather by the application of pressure on the abdominal cavity. So you push an alligator's tummy and boing! You know, I'm going to have to go look up videos of all of this shit when this show is done. Okay. I'm never going to be the same. I'm going to be sending you alligator penis memes for like the next month, (laughs) right into Christmas. But let's keep the weird going. Did you guys know that female kangaroos have three vaginas? So female kangaroos, all marsupials for that matter, possess three vaginal tubes, but only one vaginal opening, eliminating any confusion on the part of their mates. Oh, so they can have various mates? When males inseminate females, their sperm travels up either or both uh, sides of the tube. And about 30 days later, the tiny joeys travel down the central tube from which it slowly makes its way to its mother's pouch for the remainder of gestation. That's so wild. Like kangaroo birth in general is just... I'm the size of an ant and I'm just going to get bigger inside of my mommy's pouch. I know. Kangaroos are very cute. Mm -hmm. They'll beat the shit out of you, though. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Okay. Uh, Our third incredible fact is the, I think this is pronounced antichinous males. They copulate themselves to death. (laughs) So this is a tiny (laughs) mouse-like marsupial (laughs) of Australia. Um, and it's really not remarkable except for one fact during their brief mating season, the males of this genus copulate with females for up to 12 hours straight, Oh my God! stripping their bodies of vital proteins in the process. And as a result, dismantling their immune systems. So shortly afterward, the exhausted males drop dead and the females go on to bear litters with mixed paternity. So lots of different fathers in those babies. And the moms live a bit longer to nurture their young, but they usually die within a year, having had the opportunity to breed only once. What a life. What a life. Well, you know what, though? Honestly, if you're going to die, you might, of course, die having sex. You know, it's not like, you know, when we're born and people explain to us, you know, life and death, these things are just born into existence. And they're like, holy fuck, I'm horny. I got to keep fucking this. And they don't know that they die at the end of it. That's true. It's true, but I think it's better that way, maybe. Well, why don't we move on to the gayest uh, animal in the species here? (laughs) Because giraffes apparently like to get it on with their own gender. In fact, young male giraffes typically start their sexual lives with other males. Mm, In the bathhouses. Just kidding. (laughs) Observed behaviors include French kissing, neck nuzzling, or sorry, neck massages, nuzzling, full body contact, (laughs) and penetration with climax even into adulthood it's estimated that 75 percent to 94 percent of the time male giraffes have sex it's with another male giraffe yeah how come man gay men they need this on their banner flag (laughs) that's amazing i didn't know that good for them (laughs) 
<laughs> there's actually lots of examples of uh of uh gay sex in the animal kingdom. Yes, there there truly is. I've I've read that before. They don't, you know, they don't discriminate. They're like no. a hole's a hole. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the cow and the horse at my grandma's farm. They were down, they were DTF. We got another giraffe one for everybody here. So giraffes sip each other's urine before mating. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had to do that? <laughs> no thanks. Snort. <laughs> so this is this is a time saving technique oh. that ensures a male won't, won't waste energy snooping around a female who won't give them the time of day or likely isn't able to or isn't you know ready to conceive. So a male will crane his long neck over the female's rump, nuzzling his head against her genitals. And when she gives her suitor careful consideration, the female will voluntarily release a squirt of pee for her partner to catch in his mouth and savor. In a bizarre evolutionary twist, the giraffe tongue functions like an ovulation stick. It's sensitive enough to detect the hormones that can tell a male if the female is able to conceive. I think I knew about the pee drinking and mating, but that's pretty cool, though, that it's like I can tell by the taste if like it's time to make a baby. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going back to Joe over there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Joe is for pleasure. You are strictly yep. for making, you know, our next generation. Giraffes. Yeah. And we have pee and we have more pee and sex facts for you. Don't let us think that we stopped. Male porcupines urinate on females before sex. Once a year, male porcupines cluster around available females, fighting, biting, and scratching one another for the right to mate. And the winner then cl- <laughs> the winner then climbs onto a tree branch and urinates copiously on the female, which stimulates her to go into estrus. What's estrus? Like being ready for? Yeah, just releasing her eggs. Right, ovulation. Oh, for ovulation. So the rest is somewhat anticlimactic, though. So the female folds back her quills so not to impale her partner. And more routine insemination takes only a few seconds. It's all about the golden shower. (laughs) It is. Okay. I love this episode. (laughs) I thought you would. All right. So, uh. Next up, we have the fact that barnacles have enormous penises. I don't even know what a barnacle looks like aside from, you know, being on the side of a ship or a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's like. They're those creatures. They look like shells and they have a hole and then they kind of come out of their little So what just comes out? Is there just their penis out of that hole? Well, just just cool it. I'm I'm excited. You're getting me all wound up here in the Discovery Channel. All right, so you might imagine that an animal that spends its entire life tethered to one spot like the side of a ship has a relatively sedate sex life. In fact, barnacles, and you shouldn't say male barnacles because they're actually hermaphroditic, they are equipped with the largest penises relative to their size of any creature on Earth as much as eight times longer than their bodies. Whoa. Yeah, so frisky barnacles unfurl their organs and attempt to fertilize every other barnacle in the immediate vicinity at the same time, presumably being probed and prodded themselves. So it's just like penises all over this the is place. It's a big barnacle orgy. Well, it makes yep. sense then why they appear so quickly across surfaces. Yes. Probably have a very Oh my god, I am going rate. to look up barnacle penises after this as well. I need to know. Guess what? Did you know female chickens can eject unwanted sperm? Too bad we can't do that. 
Uh, female chickens or hens tend to be smaller than roosters and often can't resist less than desirable ma males insisting on mating. Hmm. After the act, though, enraged or disappointed females can eject up to 80% of the offending male sperm, allowing for the possibility that they might be impregnated by roosters higher up in the pecking order. Pew, pew. <laughs> Shoot that back in your face. <laughs> pew, pew. Exactly. Okay, male anglerfish merge with females during mating. So, you know, the anglerfish, it lives way, way in the ocean depths and has that crazy face. Yes. With the teeth and, and I think it might even have that little lantern. Yeah. yeah. So they lure their prey with fleshy structures growing from their heads. Um, they're relatively scarce. So there's only a very limited supply of available females. But nature, of course, always finds a way. So once a male locates a female, he'll press her, his mouth into her flank and then he begins to disintegrate fusing the pair's flesh together what? so the yes so the male's organs melt away until all that remains is little more than a pair of testes with gills what the fuck this is like horror but this that you could do a whole horror movie about <laughs> you could some females will carry upwards of six males on their bodies at once what? dipping into the sperm at will what the fuck that, That's I a Halloween not costume. I know that about those fish. Not that I know very much about them, but I had no idea. Again, that's like these poor mice. <laughs> I'm just going to disintegrate and leave my, my testes on you for, you know, when you want to dip in for a drink. I do think, though, Leah, this is your next Halloween costume. You're going to be a female <laughs> anglerfish. <laughs> no, I need a boyfriend for that one, though. So you can be disintegrating into my side. <laughs> oh, testes with gills. That's all that remains. <laughs> Maybe that is my perfect boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? If a female ferret does not have sex for a year, she'll die. Fuck, I'd be dead ages ago. Uh, with a female ferret, uh, when she's in heat, she starts secreting a lot of estrogen into her blood. And if it stays there too long, it causes a progressive depression of bone marrow. Oh, these poor ferrets. That results in death-inducing aplastic anemia. Basically, if they don't get it on, their bone marrow stops making new blood cells. I have questions about this because can't you get your ferrets fixed? I know, like you know, like dogs and cats. So, like, does that happen with feet? Oh, yeah, well, no, I think that's that's the thing is that if you get them fixed and they're not going to they're not going to start secreting that estrogen. Oh, yes. Ovulate. OK, sorry. My science brain obviously isn't with us. I'm still with like the, <laughs> the anglerfish. <laughs> um, yeah, I did look that I thought like, oh, that doesn't sound like that's true. But I did look it up on a couple of kind of, you know, chat sites and it did seem to be true. So um, if it's not true, those of you who own a ferret, let us know. Whether that's just a myth, but it seems like it's true. And the, and I guess is the only way to deal with it, either to breed your animal or get your animal fixed. Okay, female ducks defend themselves with their vaginas. <laughs> I have a newfound respect for ducks. <laughs> so male ducks, they have long and corkscrew-shaped penises. That I knew. Mm -hmm, me too. And they can be used like a lasso. <laughs> to pull in females who are trying to escape their unwanted advances. Oh, my God. So to fend off these unwelcome mating attempts from over-eager males, female ducks have evolved vaginas that twist in the opposite direction of the male counterpart. Oh my gosh. Counterpork. All right. Yeah, exactly. Counterparts corkscrew penises. So it's like you think you got it in there. 
No, you don't. <laughs> no, that's a pig. Oh, lordy, lordy. 2% of fish species display some kind of hermaphrodism. Oh, hermaphrodism. Oh, okay. So there's 500 different species worldwide. Some like the kobodai change routinely from male to female. Others like the clownfish do the opposite. Oh, sorry. I didn't know it was very specific here. Let me go back. How do you say this? Kobodai change routinely from female to male. When others like the clownfish do the opposite from male to female. Okay. Okay. I'm caught up. Still others can switch back and forth depending on the circumstances, such as a variety of coral dwelling gobies. And at least one species, the mangrove killfish lives a fully hermaphroditic experience or existence and self-fertilizing for their entire reproductive lives. And almost all fish have the capacity to switch sex at the embryotic stage if subjected to one or more of the number of environmental factors, including the acidity of the water, parasites, chemical pollutants, and the temperature. Good evolutionary strategy. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one's bananas. An elephant's penis is prehensile. Okay, so what this means is that it can be used as a fifth leg to prop itself up. To swat flies and even scratch itches. Some elephant penises are bigger than human beings. Okay, so there's apparently a good reason for elephants to have prehensile penises. It's hard enough for a six-ton animal to get in the right position for sex, let alone do the rhythmic thrusting that's required. So he lets his penis do all the work for him. It's wild. And other there's other animals that have prehensile penises. So dolphins and tapirs. So a dolphin can pick up objects with its penis. And a tapir can use his to scratch himself. That's wild. This is a, definitely a third video I'm going to look up <laughs> after this. I knew they had big dicks. I've seen pictures of animal dick before, or sorry, of elephant dick before. But I had no idea it was just like, you know, folding the laundry. <laughs> oh, that would be a great... <laughs> Benefit to your honey. <laughs> Please fold this laundry. I want you not to make dinner tonight, though. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, we've got one more for you, and we're going to end a really good one. That hyenas are definitely bad bitches. The female spotted hyena of sub Sahara Africa dominates their clans. They do the majority of the hunting and raise the cubs alone. The females are larger than the males and have more testosterone, meaning that often the highest ranking male is subordinate to the lowest ranking female, as it should be. The females, oh God, the females even have a penis complete with scrotum and testes capable of erections. This is actually a pseudo penis formed by an enlarged, (laughs) formed by an enlarged clitoris. Through which the female urinates and gives birth. The fake penis is used to signal dominance when hyenas meet each other, with an erect penis actually being a sign of submission. I did not know this. I did not know this. Or videos. More whole afternoons ruined now. The rest of the day is, and we probably, like, on the day this airs, we're ruining everybody else's day, too. Wow. Carla, those are really great facts. I think they're actually really fun to know. I think it just kind of yeah expands. Yeah, like life is so incredible. I mean, I know a lot of them are funny, but it's pretty wild. 
No, it really truly is. It is wild. And I mean, I'm just laughing because I'm a fucking, you know, I'm immature and that's how we roll around here. You're, you're the smart one. <laughs> I'm the child that needs supervision. <laughs> she said penis. <laughs> oh, that was great. If you end up looking up any of these videos or know a different animal fact, sex animal fact that you think that we should know about, drop us a line. Please do. Yeah. Next time on the Radical Sex Witches, we're talking about the important topic of destigmatizing STIs. Yep. Well, we really do balance back and forth between like, the hilarious and the serious, but uh, I don't want to pile all the serious ones on top of one another. <laughs> that's true. I'm just like, it'd be funnier if that's my tagline. I'm like, let's just keep doing funny shit. Anyways, you know who I am. I'm little Leah. And I'm Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique Radical Sex Witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.